Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Tonight, we're reporting live from here on Capitol Hill to mark one year since the January 6th insurrection, a date that will live on in the history books. President Biden today unleashing blame on former President Trump for, in his words, holding a dagger at the throat of America. For the first time in our history, President had not just lost an election, he tried to prevent the peaceful transfer of power. It was a day of remembrance, but the only Republicans on the House floor, Congresswoman Liz Cheney, and in a surprise, her father, former Vice President Dick Cheney, who said he's disappointed in GOP leadership. Tonight, the congressional probe into who planned the attack and why President Trump didn't try to stop it. And we visit where the Capitol was first breached with CBS's John Dickerson for context and perspective. Could there be another January 6th? Yes, the forces that led to it are still out there. The Omicron surge as the first young teens get their booster. Winter storm warnings. 80 million Americans prepare for heavy snow and freezing rain. And remembering the heroes from the January 6th attack. Those who stood strong in the face of adversity. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us from here on the east front of the U.S. Capitol where flags are at half-staff tonight in remembrance in one of America's darkest days. And just behind me was a candlelight prayer vigil. The insurrection was one of the worst days of injuries for law enforcement since the September 11th attacks. But it was more than the Capitol that was attacked. Democracy itself was under assault. But in the end, democracy prevailed. Those rioters that tried to stop the certification of Joe Biden's election, well, they failed. Members of Congress returned to the very House floor that had been overrun to finish counting the votes. Vice President Mike Pence... 
Pence confirmed Joe Biden would be the next president at 3.40 a.m. Well, at this moment today, the Justice Department is pursuing one of the largest FBI investigations in U.S. history. So far, more than 725 defendants have been charged. And tonight, the threat may not be over. We're going to have more on Homeland Security's warning in just a moment. We have a lot of new reporting to get to, and CBS's Nancy Cordes is here with me to start off our coverage. Good evening, Nancy. Good evening, Nora. And President Biden did not hold back today, accusing former President Trump of spreading dangerous lies to this day to soothe a bruised ego. President Biden warned it could lead to more of the kind of political violence we lived through here last year. A twilight vigil tonight on the Capitol steps, the same steps that were overrun last January 6th. Rioters beating, tasing, trampling officers in their zeal to get inside. This was an armed insurrection. Today at the Capitol, President Biden blamed one person, his predecessor. The former president of the United States of America has created and spread a web of lies about the 2020 election. He's done so because he values power over principle. For two months leading up to that day, President Trump had refused to concede, urging supporters to, quote, stop the steal. You'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. The riled up crowd of 2,000 people set its sights on the House, where Vice President Mike Pence and lawmakers were certifying the election results. More than half a dozen rioters and officers died, and the incident shook the U.S. populace. In a recent CBS News poll, two-thirds of Americans said they feel democracy itself is under threat. Many lawmakers do, too. There has never been a time in my life where I've been more worried about this democracy. Today, dozens of Democrats shared their memories of that day. And then the pounding on the doors. That haunting sound I will never forget. But Republicans who initially called out President Trump made themselves scarce today. One notable exception, former Vice President Dick Cheney, who joined his daughter, Congresswoman Liz Cheney, in the House chamber today and slammed GOP leaders for their absence. It's not a leadership that resembles any of the folks I knew when I was here for 10 years. Former President Trump perpetuated his election lies today in three separate statements, falsely claiming the race was rigged and a crime. Even now, he's urging his supporters to never forget and never give up. President Biden urged Americans to reject that message. You can't love your country only when you win. You can't obey the law only when it's convenient. Late today, we learned that Vice President Kamala Harris was among those who had to be evacuated on that day from the Democratic National Committee headquarters just a few blocks from here. To this day, we don't know who left those pipe bombs at the DNC and RNC buildings, but luckily the timers malfunctioned and the bombs, Nora, didn't go off. Wow. Nancy Cordes, thank you so much. Well, the Justice Department has focused on those who stormed the building, and the Congressional Committee is in search of those who helped plan the assault. So far, they've collected more than 30,000 documents and conducted over 300 interviews. We get more now from CBS's Scott McFarlane. 
By congressional standards, the committee investigating the Capitol attack is moving at the speed of a bullet train. Their latest stop, the former vice president. Panel member Jamie Raskin. You getting cooperation from Vice President Pence and his team? So far, everything I've heard is we're getting lots of cooperation from Vice President uh, Pence and his team. Now, I don't think uh, he's been asked to testify quite yet, and so we'll see. Will that happen? Well, he was a, a critical actor. Committee members tell CBS News they hope to wrap work by summer and get answers from Donald Trump. There have been reports that he was gleefully watching TV and enjoying all the action uh, at the Capitol. Others are saying, no, he was just passive and didn't do anything. The committee is focusing on a specific window of time, including when Trump tweeted moments after Congress adjourned and the riot began, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done. And later posting a video telling rioters, among other things, that he loved them and urging they go home. You're very special. The committee is seeking possible outtakes of that video. Then another tweet as a city curfew began about the slipping away of a sacred landslide election. Meanwhile, the committee itself has become a political wedge issue, disavowed by nearly all Republicans except the two sitting on it, including Congresswoman Liz Cheney. And there are moments when we all have to come together. Um, and the committee is planning prime time hearings. We're told as early as February to shine a brighter light on what they've found. Nora? All right, our new congressional correspondent, Scott McFarland, thank you and welcome. Well, tonight, the Department of Homeland Security is warning local law enforcement that, quote, new content online could inspire violence on government officials. And there are alarming threats against lawmakers here on Capitol Hill. We get more now from CBS's Nicole Killian. Floor fights. The gentleman will clear the chamber. Outraged outbursts. We have people scaling the Capitol, hitting the Capitol police with lead pipes across the head. Members mocked. It was shameful behavior. And shouting matches on the steps of the Capitol. Respect is the basic thing you're taught in church. Respect your time in church? Are you kidding me? The viral vitriol and increasingly new normal in Congress. Congress is a very toxic place to work. Republican Congressman Adam Kinzinger was one of 10 Republicans to impeach former President Trump, retiring in part out of frustration with his own party. January 6th brought out into the light the division, the lies. Kinzinger's Illinois district partially neighbors Democrat Sherry Bustos. She's also stepping down, finding it harder to work across the aisle. We don't necessarily face a, an angry mob every day we go into work, but the atmosphere in Washington has not gotten a whole lot better. Bustos was on the House floor when it was barricaded last year, only feet away from the shooting in the Speaker's lobby. Was January 6th the final straw? It played into my decision not to run for re-election. When you have your family who fears for your safety. U.S. Capitol Police fielded a record number of threats against lawmakers last year, roughly 9,600. We can't continue to go in this direction. These retiring representatives getting out, but not giving up on the institution. The American people have got to stop hoping that Congress and leaders make the difference, and they've got to demand the difference. Both lawmakers told me they fear what Congress could look like in 10, 20 years if it doesn't course correct. And they hope voters use this year's midterm to usher in more members who want to work together and restore democracy. Nora. Nicole Killian, thank you. And with the first primaries in the midterms just a few months away, states are the next fierce battlegrounds for the future of elections. Well, tonight, CBS's Ed O'Keefe shows us the fiery debate already playing out in Michigan. 
This was the chaotic scene in Detroit the day after the 2020 elections. The 2020 election is indeed behind us, but the war over the future of our democracy continues to escalate. Michigan Democratic Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson worries it will happen again. We're facing an uphill battle given the real coordinated, concerted strategy to lie to individuals to achieve political gain. Well, what's the biggest lie they're being told? That the 2020 election was not accurate, (laughs) Uh, when indeed it was. Two-thirds of Republicans believe the 2020 election was fraudulent. And CBS News has found at least 31 people who rallied in Washington on January 6th are now running for state or federal office. Six of them are here in Michigan, including John Rocha, who's been endorsed by Donald Trump. We're there on the grounds, and uh, we saw people, you know, climbing the scaffolding. What compelled you to go to Washington in the first place? I felt there were enough irregularities in in the 2020 election that there needed to be uh, redress of grievances. But no court in the country found evidence of widespread election fraud. Still, Republicans in Michigan are using a quirk in the state constitution to change election laws without the governor's signature. Jamie Rowe runs the Michigan group Secure My Vote, which critics say is working to make it harder to vote by proposing new voter ID requirements and preventing officials from sending unsolicited absentee ballot applications. We need to do some stuff to tighten up the uh, way absentee ballots are, are handled. Secretary of State Benson called that misguided and unnecessary. Is there widespread fraud in Michigan's elections? No. Also here in Michigan, Republicans have been replacing some local GOP election officials who certified the 2020 results, sparking fears among Democrats and nonpartisan election experts about how ballot counts might go in close elections later this year and in 2024. Nora. Ed O'Keefe, thank you so much. Well, we wanted to put into context what happened here a year ago and what comes next for our democracy with CBS News chief political analyst and our resident historian, John Dickerson. John, it's incredible to think we're at these doors where we saw so many pictures of people on January 6th storming the Capitol. And it's quiet now. This is the way this is supposed to be, a building where immediately you conjure up all the ideas of the men and women who came here to do the people's business, which makes the fact that they were breaking through these windows all that much more of a defilement of what normally goes on here. I mean, this is the symbol of democracy worldwide. The stability of the structure itself is supposed to speak to the stability of the ideas that are at the heart of this democracy. And at the beginning, the Europeans looked at America and they laughed because they said, there's no way you're going to peacefully transfer power. And that's what was attacked. That idea that power could be transferred peacefully. As someone who has studied so much history and so many presidents, how does the investigation into January 6th rank? There is no more important investigation than goes to something that is at the heart of the American system. This isn't just a one-time event. If you have a heart attack, but you still smoke and you're still overweight, you're going to have another heart attack. The investigation into January 6th is about whether those habits of democracy are still alive, and the things that led to that riot, whether they might lead to another one again. You know, John, we mark anniversaries for a reason. Usually they're celebrations. This one is not. From the minute January 6th happened, there was a debate about what it meant. If there is a debate over the defilement of the U.S. Capitol, if people can't come to an agreement that that is out of bounds and that the person who incited it should no longer be a part of the public conversation, 
then the learning that needs to take place can never take place. But why do we have to settle that? I mean, the justice system is going to take care of the people that stormed this building. They are. The way we prepare for the future is by understanding the past. And if we have a messy understanding of January 6th, or each side can choose what their understanding of January 6th is, that means they will look back to the history, not for lessons, but for weaponry for the next battle to come. Our conversation with John Dickerson. Well, we want to turn now to the COVID pandemic. 12 to 15-year-olds started getting their newly authorized booster shots today. This says school districts and hospitals get slammed by a wave of new infections. CBS's Nikki Batiste reports tonight on the strain on our health care workers. At Holy Name Medical Center, 106 employees are out sick, 26 of them nurses. I'm worried a lot about burnout. The staffing strain is also hitting schools. Classes were canceled for a second day at Chicago Public Schools after union members cited unsafe working conditions. And in San Francisco, teachers staged a sick out over COVID precautions. Here in New Jersey, nearly 6,000 hospital workers have gotten COVID since Christmas. Now the state is asking the National Guard and FEMA for help. Are you worried about just not having enough fellow nurses? It's always a worry. Nurse Lauren Boniello says the pandemic has been incredibly difficult as they've lost patients and co-workers to COVID. In the beginning of the pandemic, we lost an employee. And so it was a challenging day. It was a very emotional day, but it was something that we got through together. In that moment, what's going through your mind? Hold on a minute. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're Almost two years later, they're still pushing on. We are here for any patient that walks through that door. Right now, there are 77 COVID patients here at Holy Name. Of those in the ICU, all but two are unvaccinated. And the two who are have underlying conditions that make them prone to severe illness. Nora? Such an important reminder about the power of getting vaccinated. Nikki Batiste, thank you. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, the coldest case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, millions are in the path of a storm that is dumping snow from Tennessee to Boston. The Nashville and Knoxville areas got three to six inches of snow. There were numerous accidents. And now the storm is pushing north. CBS's Lonnie Quinn joins us now. So, Lonnie, it's headed here, right? 
Yeah, it's going to you uh, again for your second snowstorm there in Washington, D.C. But if you look at where that heavy snow is right now, yes, it pushed through Nashville, put down actually up to eight inches outside of Nashville, but it's right now into West Virginia with the heaviest snowfall. That storm is going to continue to push to the north and east. So let's get to the computer model, show you how it will work out. Heavy snowfall for New York City about 4 a.m. to 7 a.m., but by 7 a.m., it's basically finishing up with New York City. It then pushes more to the north and east. It'll finish up in Boston like around 5 p.m. So the question is how much snow do we pick up? Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, New York City, I'd put you in like a three to six inch range. Maybe some areas see a little bit more than that. For Boston, I've got to bump it up a little bit more for you. I'd say about a six to nine inch range. So with the exception or of you folks in Washington, D.C., this is really the first snow event for all the East Coast big cities. But again, you guys are becoming old hat at it in the nation's capital. It's all yours. Bonnie Quinn, thank you. Also, there's some breaking news tonight about a possible cause of yesterday's deadly fire in Philadelphia that killed 12 people, including eight children. Investigators believe a five-year-old child may have been playing with a lighter near a Christmas tree in one of those units. Well, we wanted to take a moment tonight to look back at the heroes of January 6th, the greatest among us. When an angry mob descended on the Capitol one year ago, it was police officers who put their lives on the line to protect not just lawmakers, but also our democracy. 150 members of law enforcement suffered injuries that day, bearing both physical and invisible scars to this day. There were lawmakers who joined Capitol Police to keep rioters out, and Congressman Andy Kim the son of immigrants, picking up the pieces and preserving the legacy of those who came before him. Lest we forget the caretakers of this majestic building who cleared the broken glass and wiped the blood from the statues. On a day of something so un-American, they are the reminder that helping one another is what this country stands for. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, as the new year gets off to a hectic start, Steve Hartman takes a look at the acts of kindness that give him hope. That's on the road. And a reminder, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell on Capitol Hill. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.